I'm so glad to see that you're feeling better. You had a very close call. But you're gonna be all right. Now, just lie still. I'm gonna give you something. It's gonna make you feel even better. Hi, I love your show. <laughs> How do you catch those pervs? Oh, you'll find out soon. <laughs> what you gotta see? You wanna talk to us about your Lollicon episode? <laughs> do you like it? It's one of our most highest listened to episodes. <laughs> it's about poopy. Yeah. Alright, BDMFT. Go. That, 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 BDMFT. It's here for you and me. It's shiny and gold, but smells yeah. like pee. <laughs> It's BDMFT. Welcome to BDMFT. The Bearded Dick's Musical Fun Time. I'm the beard. I'm the dick. Same, same... Dick station, same <laughs> beard time. Same beard nation. <laughs> anyway, we're here to talk mainly about one thing. Yeah. And one thing only, because we're jumping on the bandwagon, baby. Uh, 12 million copies sold. Yeah. Over 100 million on the Reddit. Yep, that's right. Dying Light 2. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucked up, dude. You don't have to play it like that. No, we're going to fucking talk about Elder Tree, you goddamn idiots. What yeah. do you think we were going to end up... What was the last time we even did a BDMFT? It was always going to come to this. Yeah. Yeah, this was... I mean, this was going to be... A focus when we got to it. Yeah. So. Because there, there's, it's funny because when I was on my way over here to record, I was thinking to myself, what am I going to talk about on BDMFT? It's been a while, uh, and we had, you know, that really huge um, break period, and I've consumed a lot of things since then. What am I going to talk about? You know, I finally got you to read a different Junji Ito, which we will talk about probably in depth in another BDMFT episode. Yeah, wonderful. And as I pull up to your house tonight, I'm like, Doi. Dude, we're going to fucking talk about Elden Ring. I mean, come on. It's... Yeah, so Miyazaki's masterpiece from software. It's the big leagues now, baby. Yeah. And it's been a full month since it's been out, and it'll be even longer by the time this gets released in a couple weeks from now. Yeah, I'm, I will be honestly surprised if it doesn't win Game of the Year, especially since... The Metacritic is so high? Not even that, but Breath of the Wild 2 got pushed off to 2023. Which, as far as I know, as far as games coming out this year, probably would have been the contender. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, there probably would have been an open world uh, from soft game eventually. But I feel as though Breath of the Wild definitely paved the way. Did you ever, Did you play it? No, and it's funny because I want to talk about this right off the bat, just briefly, but... I am not a hype train guy. You know this about me. I barely pre-order things. I rarely uh, keep up with that kind of stuff. Like, unless it's music, and even then, most of the time, I stay in the dark. And a lot of times, that's just because 
I like to go into things with no expectations and nothing spoiled. No uh, expectations. You go into things expecting to hate them. Yeah, well, there's that. And then also, it's just like my, you know, most of the time, if I'm spending energy following something, it's going to be music because I'm going to buy that music. And games, most of the time, it's not the sort of finite collector's market uh, that it is with music. So I was under the impression for the longest time that what Elden Ring was was an MMORPG, which in some ways is correct, but it's... But I was thinking, like, this was their Guild Wars 2. This was their World of Warcraft. And uh, happily, it's not, you know, for the most part. There are some vestiges. Elder Scrolls Online. Right, like, but I, I didn't understand that what it was wasn't an MMO, but it was an open world game. Like, I just didn't follow anything. I saw part of one trailer and was like, turn this off, I'm going to enjoy it later. Well, that's the thing, too, right? They're really... I mean, it's from Soft. They don't give a shit. They know they're going to make the game that they want to make. Yeah. They've done that pretty much since the beginning. Mm-hmm. What was that first game that they made? It's King. No. Kingsfield. It's Kingsfield. Yeah. So, you know, I, there wasn't actually all that much hype or all that much press because, outside of the few trailers that From Soft release, they weren't really talking to anybody about it. And it's a interesting um, comparison between. A lot of the things that are happening in the game industry with... Yeah, I mentioned Dying Light 2. We all remember that... Well, you probably don't, but a lot of people who watch a lot of uh, gaming news probably remember what they were talking about during their E3 presentation for Dying Light 2. It's, your decisions really matter, which is that, that false idol that the gaming industry keeps selling us, but at the same time... In the way that all of these gaming companies describe how your choices matter, that's fucking impossible. Well, it's it's, it's not impossible. Hypothetically, not impossible, but it would cost a lot of money and take a lot of time. That's why or you make a much smaller game. Yeah, Kevin Levine uh, has been MIA for a while because I believe he's trying to work on a game like that. Yeah, and you know he made Bioshock Infinite. He was like, "Peace, fuckers! I'm making my own studio." And hasn't made a game since. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all the... And cyberpunk is, you know, the greatest modern example of hype and over-promising. And From Software doesn't do that. They didn't yeah. do that with Bloodborne. They didn't do that with Sekiro. Th- these are the releases that I remember, because I yeah. wasn't really introduced to them until you and I met. Uh, they didn't do that with Dark Souls 3. Uh, and they didn't do that with Elden Ring. They, they set some, you know... Well, and the, trailers, and that was pretty much it. When I first saw the trailers, I thought you were going to play as fucking Molina. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the other thing, too, is that, you know, they're still in, as far as the size of game companies goes, uh, I think, you know, much smaller than most other AAA, platinum, big companies, and they're basically all Japanese, so... You know they have they have great localization and all that stuff now and great voice actors and um, all that but like their Twitter is still exclusively in Japanese yes it is and their you know a lot of their stuff is just like they're still focused in that way and you know I think it's good in many ways but yeah they just don't have you know despite having sort of taken off like a rocket ship through the successive Dark Souls. 
which really wasn't even a success at first, but... Yeah, well, that was more Demon Souls, which, you know, amazingly, because of the U.S. market, like, eventually got a U.S. market release and then sold better in the U.S. than it did in Japan. And then, you know, Dark Souls was, like, a, a you know, quicker... was immediately more successful, but still was a word-of-mouth thing that, um, you know, all that, but... I don't think the, the real... Uh, cultural, like fully cultural happening came out until like probably Bloodborne because I know a lot of people didn't really play or did, didn't like Dark Souls 2. Mind you, and I'll touch on this real quick, uh, the order of the most I've played um, from soft games outside of Elden Ring is like Bloodborne, Sekiro, uh, Dark Souls 3, Dark Souls 1. No, mm, well, it's either Dark Souls 1 or Demon Souls. Uh, so those are kind of interchangeable because I don't know what my play hours are on either of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dark Souls three, I have never played Dark Souls two. Yeah, and I I was I remember when Demon Souls came out. I remember Weston was one of the early adopters for it, and we weren't close like we are now, but having knowledge and then I didn't get into Dark Souls 2 until I think two years after it had come out and it had already gotten the full prepare to die edition including DLC for the computer and also mods to make it actually playable on the computer (laughs) but you know it was because I I forget what year Dark Souls 2 came out but it wasn't that long after I had beaten Dark Souls 1 once or twice probably twice at that point maybe three times that it came out. No, I, I don't, you know, we shouldn't waste too much time going into the history of our Souls games, but I have been consistently playing all of them as they were released since then. I didn't ever get to beat Bloodborne until I got my own PS4, which was years after it came out, but I had nearly beaten it twice at your house and, you know, uh, have since completely beaten it. No, we didn't we beat Kerman? No, because we couldn't, we couldn't beat Kerman, so... But the yeah, point of this is, like, in spite of that, like, and these games are now, like, my favorite games of, like, when I when I beat Dark Souls 1 the first time, by the time that game was done, that was essentially, like, my favorite modern video game. Like, Deus Ex will always be my favorite video game because it represents a lot of really important stuff to me and all that, but, and I've beaten it upwards of, like, 40 times, but I just probably, I will not play it again for a very long time until I'm, like, retired or unemployed or, like, you know, whatever. There's going to have to be some major life event that says, like, okay, now you have the time to just, like, do this for nostalgia's sake. Whereas I feel like Dark Souls 1 has, like, I'm going to be going through that again in the somewhat near future, and I've already beaten it five or six times. Because we're finally going to play it together. Yeah, and I've pumped hundreds of hours into it. My first playthrough of the original Dark Souls was, like, over... It was probably 150 hours. And granted, like, I explored every nook and cranny, and I used the wikis to some extent, but... So I've watched the community for all these games grow as each one has been released, and it's been really exciting, and I knew that Elden Ring was the big hype in the community, but in gaming at large, like, you know, these are still... They're not outliers, but they're not Last of Us. They're not... What's that game with Nathan Drake? What's it called? Uncharted. Uncharted. Those are both by Naughty Dog. Name a different game. Uh, Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, <laughs> Battlefield. Right. They're not, you know, they're not like the major biggest 
in the... It's not God of War. Right. And so... But they, they've had an impact on many of these games. Like, they're certainly that that fair, quote-unquote, fair challenge is... They created their own fake genre of gaming. Souls-likes. Right. right. And so, they're, you know, they're clearly an important force in the gaming industry. And, yeah, it's been so cool to see now, like, you know, playing Elden Ring since launch day... The way it's exploded. Uh, it's also brought, like, you know, the more people that are in the community, the more toxicity there is. And I was on the Reddit for a while, but I eventually had to unsubscribe again because it's just like... Reddit in general is always a nightmare echo chamber, but when things are actively being hyped and enjoyed, it's just like... You so can get on Twitter. <laughs> but, yeah, so, you know, my play... And the, the other thing I'll say just from my tech side of it... So, leading into getting this game, my buddy bought this for me in November, who was the one who got me into Dark Souls in the first place, and was like, I can't wait to play it together on PC with you. But he's got a 380 uh, graphics card, and, you know, like, he's always upgrading his computer, and his wife is the same way. And I'm running now a motherboard that's, like, 8 years old, and a CPU that's 10 years old, and a graphics card that's, like, a partially burnt out 1080i uh, that was used for Bitcoin mining for a long period of time before he had it and then he eventually gave it to me. And so when the minimum specs came out, it was like, ah, I think this is going to be rough. And he ordered it and pre-ordered it for me before I had a PS5. And, you know, then that shit came out and I was like, well, I have a PS5. Like, I'm going to play this on PS5. <laughs> like, everything about that's going to be easier and better. And I, I can wanna... sit in my recliner and play it. Right. And I'm like, I want to play with you. But at the same time, like, part of it is I I do really enjoy playing these games as much as possible by myself. Because you don't have to play that way. And it's I don't have anything against anybody who co-ops, co-ops the game the whole time. Because I've done that for almost every Souls game. Um, at least for one of my playthroughs. But on the other hand, it's just... Uh, it's really fun to play it by myself and the way that now my house is set up like I've got a full sound system downstairs I can stream music through Spotify while I play the game like I can be with my dogs be with my wife like everybody's happy so uh, the first night I played it for two hours on PC at like medium low settings it performed decently and then the next day I bought my PS5 copy and was like thank you but goodbye yeah, the problem is you played the Demon Souls remake that is hugely part of yeah. it, because I played that a couple months ago, and that game is, like, just, like, oh, this is next-gen. Yeah. So. Um, but, yeah, so I've been playing on PS5. You've been playing on PS5. I don't own a PC. Yeah, we <laughs> uh, we played together uh, somehow for the first time in the full month that it's been out last night. Yeah. Uh, you know, which was, I... It was and, a fucking hoot, though. Yeah, and the, the difference is, too, like, I'm now at 100 and almost 30 hours, if I'm not past that at this point. I I can't say it's been a second job, although it's been as close to it as I can manage. I know other people have put, you know, 500-plus hours into it already. We but... literally didn't hang out the other night because you were too busy playing Elden Ring to look at your phone. Uh, no, I was just in the H&I meeting, but... I was, I was joking. It was uh, a joke. Um, but anyway... Mr. Defensive. I said it on our Moto Hub, so I will fucking fight you. Yeah, I know, I know. But, um, yeah, I'm still not through my first playthrough. I, I have I have to have at least another five to ten hours or, or more, because I still have one area I haven't been to, one area that gets changed that you go back to, and I have a third area I've been to but haven't cleared at all. Oh, to- totally off, not really off topic, but like 
minor tangent to something you were showing me. Did you ever get back up on that platform? Yes. Ah. And it was the dumbest thing. Um, so I guess we should say now before we get more into like the ins and outs of the game, uh, I'm going to be trying to censor myself for Ben's benefit because you've played for what, 20 hours or something like that? 25? Yeah. So I've seen a lot more of the game than you have, so I don't want to spoil anything well, too much. Yeah. Before we get too into it, do you want to like give our both, both of our perspectives as someone who's like more relatively new to the From Software community and someone who's an old curmudgeon? Yeah, but what I want to say is that we are going to have spoilers in here. So, yeah. obviously, if you're interested in this game, my recommendation is turn this off now. Why are you even listening to a podcast about a game you're going to play? Like, go fucking play it. Go it's, listen to one of our older episodes while playing it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this stuff you could hear about and it still can't spoil it for you, but the the one of the things that makes this one of the best games, if not my favorite game of all time, is that it, it truly brings back that feeling of when you're a kid playing a game and you never know what to expect. Like Discovery. I know I'm, I know I'm gonna have to kill most everything, but like what that's gonna look like, how it's gonna happen, I don't know. And uh, don't spoil it for yourself by listening to us. The art of discovery, which I think is like the biggest uh, attribute, biggest win for the game. Like I mentioned, asset. I think asset, yeah. yeah. So, I, I mentioned Breath of the Wild. That was like my favorite thing about Breath of the Wild. There's a very old Ego Raptor video where he talks about Zelda games and um, how the original Zelda game had this sense of discovery and you could just go wherever you wanted and do whatever you wanted. And then they eventually really did that again with Breath of the Wild. Like, you can start that game like, yeah, you still have to get off the first plateau because uh, it's kind of your tutorial section, but after that, like, you can go right for the end game fucking boss yeah. and beat him. Like, it's possible. It'll be a lot harder, but if you want, you can go over here, explore this, you can go over here, explore this, and, like, Red Dead almost got that for me, but also, you know, there's just, like, that open vastness, and it's it's beautiful, but, like, I want something to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, like, the, like, just... I, even if I'm in the middle of something, if I'm having a little trouble with an enemy or I'm just like, I'm kind of bored of this area, I will just fucking ride off in a direction. It usually ends horribly for me. Sure. But, like, going somewhere, like, you'll run into some crazy NPC or, like, run into a new type of enemy you've never seen, and that sense of discovery is so great. And as someone who, I mean, you've tried to teach me how to play Dark Souls for years, and the closest I've come to being okay was Bloodborne after watching you play a majority of it and playing it some of myself, um, I was always... I'm weird with RPGs, because especially, like... Which is funny, because I play more JRPGs than anything, and they're way more system-heavy than whatever. And every time I start a Dark, I've, I've started a Dark Souls game, I get so up in my head about, like, oh, what about my loadout, what am I going to do? And this game, I didn't really decide on what I wanted to do with my character until I was, like, fucking, like, 10 or 12 hours in. Um, I just didn't worry about it. I just went out, fucked around, and found out. Yeah, and I think it's one of the things that makes Bloodborne so effective. And, you know, I don't know the sales comparisons. I'm, I think that Dark Souls 3, I, it has to be much lower because, of course, it was a system exclusive. But Dark Souls 3, I think, in general was the best-selling of the games at the time. 
and but Bloodborne is very simplified in some ways because it has a, an extremely specific vision and world it's in, and it's not a world of sorceries and sword fighting and castles and dungeons and well, okay, it does have all that stuff, <laughs> but it's not like a dark fantasy. It's like something just short of steampunk, you know, Victorian steampunk horror. Yeah, it's like Victorian horror with uh guns and tentacles and but the playing of it like there's you can't customize your armor. There's very few armor sets. Like there's very few like build styles and it's basically dex versus strength and then if you really want to make it hard, you can do arcane or blood tinge but like for most people you're not going to approach that and it's going to be either do i want to use the kirk hammer or do i want to use something else and almost all of it's like basically just build a strength character and then it's do i want to spend more money or more uh levels on upgrading my health or do i want to focus on upgrading my damage output and a lot of times that's all you really have to question and in that way, the game took a lot of that fear out. And, like, the first Dark Souls has a stat in the game that's, like, completely fucking useless because if you upgrade it, it does it ad- adds to your resistances, but all the other stats already do that. And, like, <laughs> they just left it in there. And in Dark Souls 2, there's a stat that affects your ability to dodge. That's, like, a new thing that, like, breaks the physics of the game. And it's like, so if I want more iframes, I have to level up a specific stat. It's the dumbest shit ever. And you don't even know that. And then in Dark Souls 3, they've changed some other systems. So, like, the leveling in those games, it's permanent and it's impactful and it doesn't tell you anything about any of it. So, it's like the systems are normally moderate to fairly uh, obfuscated in a way that makes it pretty unfriendly to new players that you feel like if I don't read the wiki, I'm going to have a broken character and be able to not be able to beat the game uh, because it's already like ball bustingly hard. Yeah. So, you know, as somebody who's played for years, like walking into Elden Ring or Bloodborne or Dark Souls 3, it's like, I know what I'm doing, but, uh, and even then you can still miss stuff, but you know, for new players trying to enter into any of these things, it's like, are you fucking kidding me? On top of everything else being vague and obscure, it's like, how am I supposed to level my character and get, you know, I'm supposed to get good, but what does that mean? <laughs> so, but yeah, so you said you want to talk about, you know, uh, differences of opinion based on our experiences with this system. So tell me, tell me yours, and then I'll jump into mine. So it, it's just, I, <clears throat> I, you know, I think it's, it's partially, so, you know, the thing about, and like, you can't, you can't talk about, Elden Ring without talking about any of the other from software games because sure. they're every game they've made is both the same and completely different than every game they've made before. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's partially that idea that they made it more forgiving, but also not at all. If that yeah. it's harder in many ways than almost any other from soft game. Yeah. But at the same time, it it. You have the, these options, right? So, like, you know, you can get, like, any of the original Dark Souls games, Bloodborne, uh, Sekiro, like, any of those games. You can get super fucking tilted throwing yourself at one boss over and over again. Not to mention, like, you have to get all the way the fuck there again. Yeah. Which, 
may or may not be a problem. Sometimes you can just run through and not take damage. Sometimes you'll make one fucking misstep and all of a sudden, whoops, there all go your all your souls. Yeah. If you ever walk through a fog gate, though, with souls that you care about, you're an idiot. Yeah, that's true. But I still do it, too. Yeah. So. Uh, but, you know, it's... I, I'm, I'm starting to understand the the payoff of that pain a little bit more. Sure. Uh, and I think that's due to the fact that there was more of a choice. Now, do I think that this should be the first FromSoft game you should start with? No, honestly, in my opinion. I think you should probably start with Bloodborne, something that's a little bit more simple, a little bit more straightforward, and kind of give you an idea and a feel for their type of gameplay as a company. Uh, not to mention, like, and from what I have played, I do love the original Dark Souls, but even the HD remaster, special edition, yada yada, which I have, is still a bit jank. Um, it still holds up super, super well, even against, you know, modern games and everything. But this gave me a... I don't know it, it just it, it allowed me to it, it felt like somehow it allowed me to hone my playstyle better because if I was stuck on something I could just fuck off somewhere else and I've spent I spent I don't know like four or five hours just hanging out in Limgrave like just riding around figuring things out um, and it it really is the perfect amalgamation of what they've done with all of their games. Yeah, like, even Sekiro, to a point. Because, like, you know, you got the more traversal options. Uh, you can be, like, way more sneaky. I mean, there's a whole fucking bandit class, like... Uh, and, and the other thing that I like is, like, full well knowing that, one, this is definitely not going to be my first... My, my only playthrough. And I can honestly say it's... The first FromSoft game where I've, like... I'm not even a quarter of the way through. I'm probably not even, like, a fucking eighth of the way through. And I'm, like... I, I'm going to do another playthrough of this fucking game. Uh, I didn't even feel that with Bloodborne the, when I first played it. Because, like, it, 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 there's, there's just so many options. And they can feel overwhelming. But it's also been really nice because I have that old feeling of... Uh, you know, on our on our tech our first tech edge episode, we talked about you know, feeling old and the back in the days and everything, <clears throat> and that new game comes out, right? All your buddies get it. You guys are talking about it. Oh, hey, did you go to this area? No. All right, go to this area. Try this one thing. You know what I mean? Like I've been talking to you about it. I've been talking to a couple of our other buddies about it. Yeah. Someone I'm in school with. And it's nice to have that thing without, like, being like, oh, I gotta look, fucking go up on the internet, or just having someone like, no, that's not how you do it, you just do it like this. It's more that, like, guiding, like, mystery from your friends, like, talking about something and discovering things, and I, I, it's definitely, like I said, not the one I would recommend first for someone who's never played a FromSoft game, but, uh... I think it's my favorite, not aesthetically. I think Bloodborne will always be my favorite aesthetically. Mm. And I like the idea of being aggressive and getting stuff back. But all at the same time, in Elden Ring, 
there are things you can do to reward your aggressiveness that reward you health. So it's like you can also play like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think to, I'll try to address some of the different things that you brought up. So, you know, as far as picking the first game, you know, from a first from soft game, I would say if you haven't and you're willing to wait, playing Dark Souls 1 is, and granted this is coming from somebody whose first, you know, full experience was Dark Souls 1, it's it's a pretty perfect masterpiece in most ways. It's a bit of an ugly game and there are some late game, it definitely tapers off in certain aspects of quality in the later game, but for me, the two things to note that we've talked about a lot of times on the show are I don't care about graphics in the way that other people do no. almost at all. I care way more about aesthetics and intent than graphic resolution. And on top of that, if I don't like graphics, I won't like a game. Not graphics, but aesthetics rather. An art direction. I'm not going to... I don't care how fun the game is. I just am not mm-hmm. going to play it, which is why like I would... I think I'd love the gameplay of Binding of Isaac, but like that art style is just extremely unappealing to me. In my opinion, that game is just less good Enter the Gungeon, but it's fine. Yeah. Gameplay-wise. But, but the other thing is that if a core gameplay loop is really good, then that will outshine almost anything else for me. And it just so happens that from soft, from a visual and thematic standpoint, are everything I like every single time. Uh, other than Sekiro, which hit me significantly less hard in every aspect. And then from a gameplay loop, like it's the it's combat that always feels like combat I want to engage in with a difficulty level that can be controller smashingly difficult, although I don't engage in that behavior anymore. And and a constant rewarding of exploration. And it's not like everything I get I use or want, but I'm always interested to see what comes next. And so with those three things, it's like, I like the world I'm seeing. I have constant impetus to explore it through the gameplay. And then the gameplay of exploring it is fun. Therefore, perfect game. So when I beat Dark Souls 1 the first time... I used a fair amount of... I, I spoiled a fair amount of stuff using the wiki to find things and get certain armor items some you know somewhat earlier and whatever. But even when that was happening, you could read about stuff and you're like, until you do it, you can't really spoil it. And it's also like tons of stuff is like, well, you can do it if you can do it, but if you can't do it, then you can't. Like in the sense of, if you can't defeat this enemy, you can't get past this part and you can't go to the next thing. And so... Uh, the game would cockblock you like that, but it did all that stuff perfectly. And I think that Dark Souls 1 has such a perfectly realized world in both its interconnectedness and the way that it ramps up difficulty and teaches you lessons through the way that the game works that it's it's really the perfect starting point. It is so much slower in pace than all the other games after it, but uh, it's, you know really a good time and the dlc for it is incredible and it has a wonderful story and it's just like the progeny of it all even more than demon souls like it's it's really perfect so i would say for the brand new person who's willing to go back a little bit i would start there uh i would say that starting with bloodborne would not be my recommendation for a variety of reasons but i could also understand it it is a really wonderful game 
And as far as setting and aesthetics go, it's really hard to not say it's my favorite. Like, I, I fucking adore Dark Souls 1. But, like, the thing that Bloodborne has going for it but also works against it is that game is still fucking terrifying because yeah. the combat is brutal, but, like, the set pieces and uh, the enemies are just, like, upsetting. And the brain suckers still, like, I fucking hate those dudes. And when they brain suck you, like, it's a wildly unpleasant visual experience and it fucks up your game and the part where you have to fight the werewolves in the, the fucking church and all the lights go out... It's like, there are parts of that game that I legitimately dread, and it's not because they're not fun. I mean, they kind of aren't in some ways, but it's just like, they're legitimately scary. You feel like you're fighting for your life, and, uh, you I know. I mean, the first area of that game, the first actual enemies you fight outside of the werewolf in the very, very beginning um, are pretty much, like, terrified of you. Yeah. And they just want you to leave. Yeah. And, like, that's supremely unsettling. Yeah. Yeah, and so, um, you know, the thing that I agree with you on that I think is one... It's refreshing for me as somebody who's played all these games and I think is one of the things that makes it so good for the new person is that, you know, the power of the original Dark Souls is that there is a fair amount of, like, early on exploration. Like, you can go here, you can do that. You can go to areas that are really inappropriate for you but could yield you some really wonderful rewards if you can slog your way through it. There are, like, there's basically one area you can get to early on that really fucks you if you go there. Like, Weston hated it so much that he couldn't get back out of the area to get back on the main course of the game. And so he just quit the game and never beat it because he was like, fuck this, I'm not redoing this much of the game to not do this part. But you eventually get the ability to fast travel in Dark Souls the first one, and there's an area that if you can't fast travel out of it when you get into it, is not a good time. And, uh, <laughs> you know, this game avoids almost all of those pratfalls. And 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 the first Dark Souls, like, I'm so, sort of jumping around, but, like, the first Dark Souls, the thing that's good about those kinds of things is it teaches you brutal fucking lessons. It says, if you want to go here and try to, like, worm your way past all this stuff and pick up items before you have fast travel, which you don't even know you're going to get on your first playthrough, you will get fucked. And, like, you can basically fuck yourself and need to start a new character if you can't get out of some place. And, like... Or you get so good at such a low level. Like, people do soul level one runs and do no-hit runs at soul level one. It's all possible. I watched a guy beat Sekiro blindfolded a couple months ago. Like. Yeah. So, you know, these things can be done, but... But there's real consequences in this game to that, and like it can be unfair in that way. But basically, if you stick to it, you're going to get better at this game, and you're going to be able to overcome challenges that seem insurmountable at times. And uh, but there's enough openings that sometimes you can go and grind, or sometimes you can go try somewhere else. Sometimes that somewhere else is Sin's Fortress, and you're like, why would I do this? Or New Honor mm-hmm. Londo, and you're like, it's full of ghosts I can't kill. What the fuck? And uh, you know, but, like, you learn and learn and learn about the game and get better, and, like, suddenly it's like, this isn't that scary, I can handle this, or I'm ready to go back there now and all that. And the other games do that to varying levels of degree and success. Dark Souls 3, much more linear, doesn't really allow for much of that, uh, but that game has a wonderful linear progression, so it's okay in that way. And Bloodborne, similarly, like, has parts that are very linear, and then other parts where it's like, you can just skip huge chunks of the game and huge just chunks. not even do it. 
And Sekiro is the opposite of all that, where Sekiro is essentially like the bullet hell version of Dark Souls. Like, there is one way to play it, any other way is wrong, there is no cheesing, there is, there, or very few opportunities, and it's either you play the game's extremely strict mechanics, or you don't beat the game. Yep. And for some people, they find that really rewarding. I eventually just grew to hate the game, and I don't know that I'll ever replay or beat it, because it, it, it hints at the things I love about FromSoft without giving me the full experience, and I do not like the way that it plays, and I find it to be just exhausting and extremely frustrating to the point that it induces migraines. Yeah, so, I really like the idea of that game, but uh, I loaded it up while waiting for Elden Ring to come out. And there's one thing I want to mention about this whole hype train thing that we were talking about, but which I'll do after you finish your piece, but... I, you know that's that spear mini boss that's in the flashback area. Yeah. Try to fight him like three times. I was like, I'm fucking done. I uninstall that shit so fucking quick. Yeah, it's it's got like so much great stuff in it. But anyways, where we really shouldn't focus too much on that. This and is our podcast. We can do what we want. It's true, uh, and we haven't really talked about these games that much in the context of the podcast. Uh, we talked about Sekiro at one point. Yeah. I don't know if we were really... That was before we both soured on it. That was early. It was yeah. after a week of having it. And, yeah, I mean, it was like... And the part of it, too, was like Sekiro was like... So many things felt familiar but played slightly differently. And, like, it's not a game that you dodge in. It's a game that you deflect in. I and also like, don't like the punishment system in that, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah, right. And so uh, it was just super frustrating because, like, my brain could not shift into the gear of Sekiro. And then at times it eventually could, but then I would sink right back out. And it was just like, I would rather be playing any other FromSoft game. But Elden Ring... Uh, again, sidesteps all that bullshit and it says, here's a horse and here's a map and here's everything. And it's one of the things that makes this game perfect and makes Red Dead Redemption 2 so infuriating, and I've talked about it a lot, is Red Dead 2 soft locks like 90% of the content, you know, like from the get. And you have to do all these things before you can do those things that you want to do. And it's like, fuck you, I want to fuck off. Like, why, why... Why should the story missions make it impossible for me to get the automatic shotgun from day one? If I get enough money, like, if I want to go just headhunt, and it's it's that, uh, you know, I don't want to talk too much about other content makers or whatever, but I love Zero Punctuation, just mostly from a comedy and whatever standpoint. But he did an extra punctuation, which is his sort of, like, more essay less silly stuff more verbose series yeah which is hard to imagine but yes. <laughs> about elden ring and basically his point was elden ring is great because elden ring is confident enough in its world to uh allow it to speak for itself and it doesn't care if you miss however much you might miss whereas other games you know that are of this style want you to see it all and that really is it like Red, the reason Red Dead does that for a variety of reasons is it wants you to see everything in a certain way and make sure you see it all and it you know peels your fucking eyes back clockwork orange style to make sure you don't miss it. But then it takes all your agency from you because it basically says you can only have fun when we allow it in these specific ways. And Elden Ring says you can go fight almost any boss in the game at any point and there are some things that are locked behind some very secret and you know obsequious pathways and quests and whatever but mostly you can just start and go and so 
like you said, we've all played it very differently. Weston pretty much like systematically went through every corner of the map in Limgrave before he went to Liurnia, and then he went to Liurnia, and it's like he's hitting his areas at least for the first half of his playthrough. Like by the time he was getting to them, pretty wildly over leveled, very confident, and blah blah blah. He eventually like jumped shipped from that approach to bang out one of the main quest lines of the whole game so he could get the gear he wanted and have it as soon as possible and then go through the rest of the game, which I can understand because, of course, the stuff he wanted required you to do, like, a very complicated and if you don't do it right, you fuck it up quest. Uh, Jared was less systematic, but still pretty systematic. He ran around nude with a club. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, I really loved just getting the big map. And when I finally figured out what on the unmarked map marks where the map pickups are. Yeah, I just figured that out the other day. Yeah, I started dropping waypoints, and then I just was, like, going through areas that were, you know, designed for an area that's, like, 50 or 70 levels higher than I was, so if I touched a bush wrong, I exploded on impact. <laughs> but if I could get that fucking map, I could see it. And then it still doesn't matter, because the icons only pop up when you get to the places, and then they get marked. But it was so satisfying. And then, because I like certain things, and I looked up one armor set I wanted to get. It wound up taking me to a place that was wildly underleveled for, but I was able to power through. I wound up then jumping from that point just off to wherever my heart's desire. And I mostly didn't look up locations, but just like wound up at the ones that seemed interesting, either from their vague outline on the map. Yeah, and even if you do look up locations, most of the things you look up, it's like it's in this area near this area. And you're like, I have no idea where the fuck that is. Yeah. And it will show me a two on the map. And then it's the part of the map that you have never been to. You're like, well, okay, I guess I'm just going to ride somewhere. Yeah, and so, you know, or you get to a vista, you're like, that seems cool, I want to go check yeah. it out, and then you do. And so, for me, one of those places early on was I went to the Shaded Castle, probably 20 levels too low, and was just terrified the whole time, and uh, lost a shitload of souls on a totally bullshit death, but again, it was my fault, and... Uh, but I got through it, and then by the time I got through it, like, I was getting so much more experience because I was fighting such higher-level enemies. It was like I leveled up hugely by the end of that area, which is really pretty quite small. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, have you seen blah, blah, blah? And they're like, I haven't even opened up that part of the map yet. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I cleared out this thing and that thing. They're like, I didn't know that was a thing. I'm like, what are you guys doing? They're like, oh, we did this, that, and the other. I'm like, I've never seen that before. So, you know, then I went back to earlier areas and got to kind of womp on some people um, and clean up a bunch of shit but the game there's no like nothing's labeled anywhere as far as no. what it's recommended for you can kind of guess by geography but even within certain areas like you get to Kaled, well you can get to dragon burrow whatever it's called and like that is a sub area of Kaled, but like that area is recommended for like basically level 90 and up whereas Kaled's more of like the 40 to 60 or the 60 to 80 depending on how you look at it and you wouldn't even know, and it makes a huge difference, because I remember going from one little fort, and I was like, that was, that was pretty easy, that wasn't that bad. I mean, I maybe used poison arrows to get past a tough enemy and just, you know, watch him from a doorway. Listen, there's... It, They're I, in the I, game. I, yeah, I'm a firm believer that in FromSoft games, there's no such thing as cheese or cheating, because you can do it. And they are... A the pretty, tools are there. They're a very meticulous developer. So, like, they know, like, you get into Storm, you get into uh, Stormfront Castle, or was it? Storm, Stormvale. Stormvale Castle, right? Which I completely missed until our uh, prestigious dick 
was like, no, you have to make a left here. And I was like, oh, I rode like all the way up north of the map. I'm like, where the hell the fuck do I get in this goddamn first castle? Um, but you had that grafted Spider-Man and he's hard. Like brutally difficult. Like, I think he might've been harder than Godric. Yeah. And I was like, fuck this. And I just shot poison arrows at him from the hallway. And like, you think the game testers didn't know you were going to do that? Of course they did. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I sort of lost my train of thought, but basically, I was talking about, oh, poison arrows and something. Leveling, different, being different levels in different areas. Oh, yeah, that's that's part of it. But, yeah, I guess my point is that, oh, I remember. So I, I got to this other castle in what I thought was basically the same area, and it was like every, I was fighting the vampire bats, which are typically like a one-hit kill on your horse, and it was, they were one-hit killing me. And I'm like, what is this madness? Only to get to the top and then to get a thing and be like, this is it, this is why this is here. I was like, fuck this terrible place. Like, I bashed my head against it for an hour and a half, and it was like, I don't even need to do this right now, but I'm <laughs> now dedicated because every enemy in there has pissed me off. But they were also dropping like, ten times the amount of experience that normal enemies would. And, I mean, the the downside of the game is that it's so huge, it can be pretty overwhelming. The upside of the game is that, like, you can basically just go anywhere. Like, you're not forced to just do a section. Um, you know, you can, you can, like, pretty much level up and clear every area, mo- almost every area of the game without beating any of the shard bearers if you want to do it that way. And then some of the shard bearers are going to be wildly easy and some of them will still pose a real threat. I think one of the greatest things about Souls games, and to go to your point you just made, is that uh, the the reason cheesing has the connotation it has or is called what it's called is that, to me, it's not so much about whether or not you're cheating or cheesing, but it's really like, are you depriving yourself of an experience of like finally getting past a really tough enemy and feeling like I did it and I did it like the right way or legitimate way? Uh, and more than that, like, are you depriving yourself of the experience and getting better at the game by doing it the tougher way? And so there are some things where it's like certain enemies, especially certain mobs in the game, provide nothing other than needless and like way over the top levels of frustration it's just like wow your hitbox is ridiculous or your speed's absurd like you provide me nothing other than pain and this is not a learning experience i can experience. get one attack off on you every 20 minutes right dogs spring to mind often so it's like dogs. uh i could do this or i could just run past them or use a spell that one shots them and i might use all my fp to kill three dogs and then kill every other dude you know the the old-fashioned way but like it's just not worth it to me. Like, there's no benefit of fighting this dog. Um, but then certain bosses, it's like, okay, I know there's 47 different cheese strategies, but if I just get good enough, I can just beat this boss. And, you know, one of the other big differences between me and most people is I try up until now at, like, level almost 140, I ha- I've been just leveling bigger because I'm in the late game and it's just fucking ridiculous how much damage these enemies do. And so, but I went through the majority of the game with between 14 and 18 Vigor. Like, up to level 100, that was, I think I only had 18 Vigor, which is, like, nothing. And so, um, I got one-shot by almost everything in the game. And 
But playing that way wasn't so much a badge of honor of just more of like, I always have to dodge correctly. Like, I always have to read attacks. I always have to be smart. And I have to replay parts that other people are getting through in one or two tries, you know, 10, 20, 30 times sometimes because this is the way I want to play. On the other hand, my damage output has been fucking obscene for quite a few hours now. And... Uh, it's like if I can dodge one or two attacks, I can kill you in one or two hits. Yeah, and that's something I do find like super interesting about the game is that like, and like you could possibly say this about any game, but it's, you know, their games are one of the few games where like I think like you really can like if you want to, you don't ever have to fucking level up. You can just like you have dodges and. You have iframes, and if you time them correctly and do it correctly, like, you can beat the whole game at your starting level with starting equipment. Will it be painful? God, yes. But, like, I just, I just, and I very much like the idea of having different experiences. Like, the way I beat um, Margit was totally different than you. Because I happen to find patches, and I happen to be like, what the fuck is this item that patches has? Yeah. And I used it, and I was like, oh, shit. And through trial and error, I learned exactly how it was used, and know when I could use it and when I couldn't. And, you know, you mentioned that the open world can feel kind of overwhelming, and I both do and don't agree with that, only because of the legacy dungeons. Yeah. And, like, the smaller things you can do. So, like, if you're feeling overwhelmed you can go do this one specific thing. And if you're feeling overwhelmed there, you can go back to the open world. And it's balanced very well in that sense. Yeah. Now, my main gripe is that um, some of the incredibly hard enemies in the game probably don't drop enough runes for you. But, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, Yeah, and the thing that winds up always being true in most uh, Soulsborne games is that the... You early on, it feels like you're you're scrabbling for every little rune, every little soul, every little blood echo. But later in the game, like you're fighting enemies that either drop so many or you're killing so many people in a run that like I, like I don't care. So I can lose a hundred thousand souls. Like I just don't care when I lose them anymore because I've this game also allows leveling to be pretty easy. So, you know, with fast traveling, two bonfires to do it and other stuff like that via the map, like, those are wonderful quality of life changes that allow me to be like, no, I'm not going to go in this cave I've never been in before with 200,000 souls. I'm going to go just level up. And then if I lose the 40 that's left over, like, that's fine. But, yeah, my first 30, 40 hours of the game, I was still losing, like, tens of thousands of runes and feeling, like, so frustrated, and now, like, I truly don't care. Like, it's just, you get to a place where you can farm, if you wanted to, intentionally or inadvertently so easily, and that it's just, like, a fucking joke. There's a very good farming area right in the beginning of the game in Limgrave, like... Yeah, and, but the, the nice thing is, is that, like, I'm more concerned about over leveling and taking away challenge than I am about keeping my runes at this point. But then every time I think that I'll get to some new spot where I just get fucking pancaked over and over and I'm like, okay, I guess I'll level up some more. I'm not going to worry about it. Um, but I agree the, the legacy dungeons that give you that feeling of some of the older games in the series that feel like, Oh, this claustrophobic, like multi-tiered maze 
is wonderful, but knowing that you get to leave and then ride your horse again is nice. I find that the horse is a wonderful method of traversal and in most ways is a great improvement to the style of game, but I... Anytime, or I should say, a lot of the bosses which allow you to ride your horse during the fight feel like you really have to do it that way, at least for the way that I play, and again, being extremely low on overall health. Most dragons I fight on horseback. I do not find it to be particularly fun. I find it to be mostly tedious. But they also run the fuck away from you. Yeah, there's that, and it's also all of their... um, particle effect attacks like their whatever their particular brand of fire frost electricity breath their whatever breath opens, yeah, yeah almost all one shot me immediately and uh their tail swipes one shot me immediately and you can dodge and roll through or block that stuff but it's like i can play the the aggressive and fun and like get it all right but like they mostly have humongous health pools and try to stay at their feet the whole time and then still avoid them flying backwards breathing fire on me flying forwards breathing fire on me from an angle and also all the other attacks or i can just run in with my horse do two hits run back out run in with my horse do two big you know and it's like i want to beat all the major enemies in the game but I don't find that to be fun. Now, some of them, especially lately, I've figured out some spell setups that are so powerful that it's like really nice to just like walk and be like, yeah, and just walk back out. Ten minutes before you even fucking walk into the podcast. Oh, I'm not that buff heavy. <laughs> Jared's character is way more buff heavy than I am. But yeah, you know, you do a couple things to make it go a little quicker and it can be rewarding. But, you know, I would say that one of the nice things about it is that for different people, like they're not having this experience. Their, their characters are set up very differently. And so that the enemies that are fun to fight for them and preferred might be quite different than mine. I think there are some universally hated enemies, the fucking awful, uh, like unholy phantom, super fast, multi-armed nightmare things that are like incredibly speedy and stunlock you and have ridiculous hitboxes are, have to be in the top three of most hated enemies in this game because they are just the fucking worst, but uh, you still can eventually get good and beat them. Other people loathe the basilisks in all the games. I find basilisks to be adorable first and foremost. Like, I do not mind that they always have these cloud breath, uh, instant death. We fought though. I kept, oh god, immediately I got stuck in a fucking wall. That, so that was good. not a basilisk. They're not a basilisk. Um, Ulcerated tree spirit. Yeah. Yeah. I think the basilisks are adorable. They're yeah. googly eyes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it has... It is an amalgam of everything that they've done since Kingsfield, but especially since, you know, Demon Souls. It all makes it in there in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and it basically is the best version of all those things. There are obviously reused assets. There are, you know, a lot of the core is the same. But for me, who thinks this is the best gameplay loop in history, it's like they've given me everything and more than what I ever would have imagined. And for the most part, it's all great. Like, I don't mind that, first of all, for the, the size of the game... Like, okay, is the Tree Guardian spirit, like, occasionally reskinned, but basically he's just the same guy and tougher in each area you fight him in? Yes. Does he pretty much consistently drop mostly the exactly same item or same kind of item? Yes. Is it still rewarding each time I fight him because 
certain times you fight him, it's like I've leveled up way more than he has, so I can whoop his ass pretty quick, and now I know his attacks and do that. Yes. Is it really fun? Because other times, it doesn't matter how much I leveled up. He still one-shots me with every single attack he does, so I have to fight him perfectly. And it's like, this is so ball-bustingly hard, and I've already killed any of your fucking friends! Uh, yes. But I love it. I did that last night. I, I fought, I think, what's the last one in the game, and it was just like, fuck you so much. Like, I'm so close. I have certain aspects, certain things I can do that could, like, almost kill you in, like, two two or three setups of this. But you're so relentless, and you're so annoying, and, like, I cannot pull off the second one. Or I can't pull off the third one, so I'm just going to go back to hitting you with a big-ass sword until you're fucking dead. And I love that. Like, I mean, uh, I like to I like to call them Ghosty McBoatface. Mm. They're, they're a lot of fun to fight, but they're all the same enemy. Yeah. Like, there's no real difference between them. But the thing is, like, but that also sets you on, like, another quest. Right. And, like, the quest writing in this game is... Mm. Mm. So, like, personal experience, right? I went, I killed one of those boat dudes. I met that dude whose name escapes me with the cool armor where he's holding it. Which is, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm gonna have to fucking find your armor, man. I'm gonna have to. That's fucking dope. You mean the twin armor? Is was that it what D? it is? Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck it. Oh, man. I love that we're still getting Vampire Hunter D references in a game from 2022. JoJo references, Vampire Hunter D references, obviously Berserk. Re- it's just, mm. Well, it's not even a reference. Berserk is just like yeah. the spirit of all these games. Yeah. You know, what Jesus Christ is to modern <laughs> writing and cinema, Berserk is to the From Software universe. So, um, Gus is my personal learned savior. But, uh, More of a Griffith guy, but... You just like your femboys. Um, that's why you like me. That's why I like Femto. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. I guess he is the original femboy. Anyway, um, and then, like, I was like, okay, that was cool. I met, I started that quest line. I was like, okay, I'll probably do this eventually. But, like, it got to take me somewhere cool and meet, like, a new cool character. And then I was, like, riding around Limgrave. Did you try to attack the guy outside of that cool character's big list building? There was I didn't mean anyone out there. I didn't see anyone out there. You're talking about Death, Mr. Deathroot? Yeah. And then you didn't turn around and walk outside the temple and see the gigantic guardian of it? No, I dipped. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, ah. Uh. Good luck. That's all I can say. Okay. I fought him well over level 100 and was like, this is outrageously hard. But I, um... And then, like, I was in... Uh, I, was, I was back in Limgrave... For whatever reason, I think I was just riding through. Maybe I was gathering materials or something, and I was right near the storm front, uh, Stormvale gates, where you first run into a troll, which was fucking terrifying. The first time I did it, I just kept fucking riding my guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, nope, 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 nope. Too many guys with crossbows, and you're real big. I'm, I'm gonna deal with you in a minute. Uh, and then I just hear a dude go, "Hey, you." I walked around for like 15 minutes. I was like, what the fuck? Before I finally read some of the messages. Yeah, and then I, I've never even found that guy. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, he kept talking. He's like, you can't see me? And I was like, he's got to be something I can attack, right? And then I read the messages like, tree. I was like, all right, I'm going to start stabbing trees. I smacked a tree, and it turned into this little rat man. And he just, just thanked you, thanked me for saving him, and he just gave me a mushroom. He's like, I don't have much else. 
I got kicked out. They're real mean to me back home. Live in this cave by the seashore. And then, like, I went there. And he was beat up again at the entrance. And he was like, oh, hi. Thank you for saving me. But they beat me up again. And I was like, bro, I got you with your dumb little hat. I got you. I love you. I don't remember your name, but you're cool. Mm. And I went in there and I fucking fought these two rat dudes. And it was fucking great. Yeah. And, like, it's just, like, it feels like playing a game of D&D. Where, like, a, a DM is just throwing random encounters at you that, like you didn't realize that they had this, like, greater story planned. Or, like, they're one of those DMs that's, like, really good at thinking on their feet. And they're like, okay, well, now you're doing this. Yeah, and I, the thing that I think is, it's, again, let, let me say this uh, on more of sort of a meta commentary. But, you know, I said this at the beginning of the episode, but I, I would say this is true for basically everything, especially in gaming. You know, Online communities of gamers can be really wonderful, especially for old franchises that, like, just have hardcore vets who love it and, you know, aside from the gatekeepers. But mostly, it's terrible. And people are the worst. And you can so easily be swayed into thinking something that you love is terrible or something that you hate is good and, you know, feel like all these complaints everybody's making are valid. And... Especially as it relates to this game, it's pretty much, you know, mostly people are loving it, but, like, people love to jump on bandwagons about what's bad and talk about how they hate this, that, or the other thing. And the thing that's always been true with most Souls games is, like, okay, yeah, are there aspects of the game that can be unfair and feel like you're getting cheesed and all this stuff? Like, yeah, absolutely. But for the most part, like, those things happen when you're trying to hide, when you're trying to be safe, when you're trying to exploit the game yourself to, like, get the upper hand. And so whether it's enemy attacks going through walls and hitting you when you run away and don't fight them, uh, or, you know, other things like that, those things happen because you did a thing or didn't do a thing. And it's like, you left an enemy alive who has a fucking long-range attack that can one-shot you. And you know that enemies sometimes can manage to shoot a thing through a wall and kill you or do whatever. Like, they've got a spear, they've got a magic thing. Like, you chose not to fight it. Happened totally, to me last night. Totally fine, <laughs> but that is the price you pay. And in previous games, that happens less because the progression is typically more bottlenecked and more linear in many areas. And so... You know, you're basically having to just deal with, you know, X, Y, Z every time. And you either deal with it or you don't make progress. And this game allows for a lot more run past stuff. Although, really, all Souls games have a shocking amount of, like, oh, I could just run past everything here and yeah. go to a thing. Um, and this game also cuts down boss runs for most bosses significantly. They're mostly not Which that painful. Which is very nice. Yeah, it's really wonderful. Because most of the time you're like, this adds nothing. Like, having this be a longer boss run just makes it more annoying. It does not make me a better player. I'm All the major engaged. bosses have a spawn point right outside their yeah. gate. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, at the end of the day, whether it's a boss or a particularly tough mob or whatever it is, you can always beat them. Like, yeah, sometimes they don't have to deal, like, they don't have the same stamina limits that you do. Or they have attacks that you just can't possibly do. But, like, there is no enemy in the game that is unbeatable. And, uh, you know, whether you're soul level 1 or you're a fully kitted character who's, like, better suited for a different kind of enemy. Or maybe the damage you deal is really particularly weak or, you know, resisted by this enemy. 
either you can change up your weapon because you should definitely have a backup in a game with this many weapons or you just get really good at it and it's like when you lose you lose because it's just that hard and it's like i i love all these threads about well i kept getting to five percent or ten percent of this enemy's health and i kept dying it's like you know i kept dying greed because that's what kills everybody in dark souls games when you die and an enemy has ten percent health it's never because the game cheats it's never because, because you, you didn't take always, a chance to back off. Yeah, right, exactly. You played it safe up until that point and thought, this is the one time I'll get the extra hit and not die. And it's like, you know, because you already died 30 fucking times on the first 10% of health trying to go for that extra hit, you learned just how many hits you could get safely. And you said, I'm going to ignore that because I think I can get one more in before I die. And then you die. And it took you that long because it was an extremely hard boss with a ton of health. And it's like... That ain't the game's fault. That's your fault. And that's what makes these games difficult. Like, it is often a battle of of endurance. Like, you have to maintain a high level of play for a long period of time. And, like, yeah, that's hard. It's frustratingly hard. But And most of us like to blame every other thing but ourselves. But at the end of the day, most of the time in Dark Souls, you lose because you didn't do it good enough. I think this game... I, I think this game's pretty fair. And, you know, I had recently talked to someone about, like, even, I want to say, like, 99% of my favorite games I've ever played, I don't think are 10 out of 10s. And then, you know, we talked about the hype train in the beginning of the episode, and I honestly, I was like, I thought I was at the point, because, like, you know, I'm a dad now, I've got another kid on the way, and I'm about to start a job where... I'm going to have fucking 12-hour days. I'm not going to want to play video games when I get home. I'm not. Probably going to want to go to bed and watch a TV show or some shit. Yeah. Maybe crank one out if I have the energy to. Sure. Um, and, like, I've always wanted to really get into FromSoft's games, but it, 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 there's always a hurdle for me. And, uh, you know... There's been plenty of games that people consider 10 out of 10s that I couldn't get into, and that's okay. And, like, I definitely recommend, like, if you play the game for a while and you're like, I'm not feeling it, that's okay. You don't have to like every video game that that comes out that people say is good. I do think this game's a 10 out of 10. A lot of people think that uh, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is a 10 out of 10. Couldn't get into it. A lot of people think that... The Witcher 3 is a 10 out, of 10 out of 10. I've tried to restart that game several times uh, with, you know, different views on it and everything, and I, ju- I still I just can't get into it. Yeah. I like the series. I want to read the books, but I just couldn't get into the game, and that's okay. Right. Um, but, like... Yeah, I mean, Cyberpunk for me is like a 9.5, but for most people, yeah. that's not the case. I... You know, I had no real intention of buying this game, uh, at least for a long, long time. And uh, I started really listening to certain things said by people who, yes, are hardcore, you know, Souls veterans and everything, but they started saying things about the game that interests me in a game. Um, And I was like, you know, fuck it. I'll pick it up, and I did, and I love it. And, like, definitely, you know, there have been minor spoilers. I think we've been pretty good about spoilers. But, like, yeah. 
listen, or just go play it, man. Go play it if, if you want, and if it might be the thing that gets you into Dark Souls, it might not be. Um, you might be a veteran and are wary about the changing gameplay and everything, but, you know, we've got someone who's not a super veteran in the games, has never beaten any of them, and I fucking love it. And then we've got someone who has played all of them and beaten almost all of them except Sekiro. Yeah. You've beaten all of them except Sekiro. Yeah, I got to Ishin, but I, uh, I didn't even attempt it. <laughs> I had, it was him and the Demon of Hatred, and I think I had one other optional boss, and it was like, here's all the hardest stuff in the game, and I was like, okay, we're done. I'm yeah. not doing it anymore. <laughs> so, uh, I fucking love it. I think it's a 10 out of 10. It might not be your 10 out of 10, but I think this is a game that will be talked about for years. There are still YouTubers who are still... And YouTubers and streamers and fucking... Just, like, it's still cashing in because people love this game and there's so much to play in it. And it's been a really interesting experience as someone who doesn't want the game ruined, but I also kind of look at it the way I look at JoJo where, like, you You can tell me everything. Yeah, you can tell me everything that's going to happen, but until I experience it, it's not going to really ruin anything. And, um... You know... I... It's it's been an interesting thing to watch other people play it and like go a totally different way yeah. and not even remotely be doing the things I'm doing in the game like even remotely. Yeah, I I I would say a couple of last thoughts for me. It's interesting because you know I think because the gameplay is the focus of the game uh, more than any other thing. Like the rest of it just also happens to be really good. That's why you can see a cutscene or see a boss get defeated, but, like, it always feels like when you watch somebody, especially who's, like, mildly competent, you're like, oh, man, that's gonna be a fucking cakewalk. And then you do it. It's like, I, I've been trying to save a video of every final, like, the every time I beat a boss, like, of that whole fight, so I, a lot of it so I can watch it for myself and be like, wow, that's what I keep doing. Like, I am a madman. Or other things being like, that's fucking ridiculous bullshit. Uh, and, oh, fuck, I lost my train of thought. What was this in? Uh. Oh, spoiling. Yeah. Yeah, so, going and actually doing the thing is completely different than watching it. And there are many games, especially, like, story. It's like porn. Yeah, well, (laughs) it's like story-focused RPGs. Like, if you watch all the cutscenes or read all the stuff, it's like, that's the point of the game. Like, you're playing the game to get to the story, Whereas, like, I'm just getting occasional, like, very few cutscenes to interrupt my gameplay. And so that's the difference. Like, uh, you know... This game's also got the most fucking information dumps out of any from software game, but they're optional. Like, you can go talk to characters, and they'll explain whole things about certain characters to you. Yeah, but that's true, I think, for any of the games. This game just is bigger, so there's just more of that, but... Um, I mean, there's one particular character who's like, do you want to know about the game world? And then he will tell you about it, which is frankly nice because I find in some ways this game to be, you know, oddly, it's very dense, but like kind of like not very clear from the beginning in more ways than others. But maybe I was just enamored with the spectacle. But the other thing that I didn't mention, I meant to mention from the beginning is they have a designated jump button. They had this in Sekiro, but... 
uh, it was a false sense of exploration and verticality, in my opinion, in that game for the most part. It was only like in very specific ways. This game is like third-person Morrowind for me, where I just feel like I'm constantly trying to break all of the world mm-hmm. geometry and get up things and then typically dying as my punishment for doing so. But between being able to double jump from your horse right away, it's not an unlockable thing you have to do, and also being able to jump yourself, uh, there is just so much shit you can do. And then weapon arts in the game that allow you to essentially float, fly, whatever, get to places you shouldn't using those weapon arts, uh, it rewards exploration in a powerful way, and mostly you can't softlock yourself or fuck your game too hard by doing it. I was... The only downside to that is that there's a couple, like control setup changes that like fucked me as a longtime souls player and i couldn't figure out how to two-hand my weapon for like two weeks i mean i could have looked it up but i just i just thought it wasn't yeah, in the game that, yeah and uh then and i still don't like they tell you in the beginning yeah i'm sure they do i didn't read the tutorial i didn't do it so yeah i missed me like either. many people jared had to tell me yeah um <laughs> I completely missed the combat tutorial. I knew it was there, but I just chose not to do it because I was like, oh, I know what I'm doing, and, you know, there you go. But, yeah, I thought, it's really weird that they don't have two-handing. And and it can be quite annoying because the fact that I now have to hold a button and then press another button is weird. But then it's also weird because I booted up Dark Souls 3 the other day when I couldn't play Elden Ring, and I just had my computer, and I was like, let's see where I'm at in Dark Souls 3. It's like, oh, I'm 75% of the way through the main game and I don't have a jump button and my triangle button does something different now. And I was like, this is really hard and very scary and I haven't played this in like five years. I'm going to just go now. But uh, yeah, I I got probably five hours into this game, 10 hours into this game. I was like, this is, this is probably my favorite game of all time. But it was like that initial swept up in the love of it. And I'm 130 hours in, and I'm like, this could be my favorite game of all time. And the one one of the wonderful things about it is that the very nature of the world it's set in allows for like such obvious DLC options. Like, there's just so much shit they can e- easily add in. They without... just put out a bunch of shit for free. What do you mean? They put a new area in. I'm talking about in the in the fucking update. Like, a whole new area came out with, with the update they did where, like, they nerfed the Mimic and everything, and... I don't think so. Yeah. I swear. Like, they put, like, a, or they put, like, new dungeons or something in. They put a couple new dungeons in, I believe. Maybe. I'm, like, near positive. I know they added, like, some actual, like, in-game stuff. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think there were areas, because I read the entire patch notes, so... Yeah, they fin- they fleshed out some quest lines and did some other things. It doesn't really matter, but like as far as an actual full complete DLC package with a specific vision, the ability to do so is so readily apparent, and that's really nice. And uh, typically all FromSoft games have expansions that are in some ways, especially with Dark Souls 2, like better than the regular game, in part because they typically have like a really nice unified mini-vision. Yeah, I can't believe just how quickly they came out with a patch that, like... Was so substantial. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, just fixed things so well. Yeah, I mean, everybody's bitching one way or the other, you know, everyone likes to complain. But, yeah, the the long story short of it is, the game has, uh, the game is incredible. And I guess the last two things I will say is, uh, I have found that the majority of the bosses are incredibly fun and incredibly cool. I was... One of my only disappointments was one 
what I thought was like maybe my second favorite boss as far as design and setup and arena and all that uh, had a particular style of fight that I did not find to be fun and I found to be very disappointing. It it works in a variety of ways and it's sort of a classic from soft thing they have in every one of their games, but I was disappointed this was the boss that I had to do this thing with. But still visually super fucking cool. Was and the one you beat at my house? No. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is that the game is fucking gorgeous. Like, I will gorgeous. say that in just in terms of like sheer visual fidelity, I do think Dark Souls Remastered is or Demon Souls Remastered rather is slightly prettier. Like there's a level of like cleanliness to their aesthetics that are like shockingly good. But for a game of this size and variety, it's it might be just like a cunt hair less impressive but overall on an aesthetic level it is impeccable and one of the things that really works that like is finally the promise of shit they've been trying to sell to us for 30 years is like it's not just the if you see it you can go there but if you see it you'll see it and it'll look like a fucking painting and then you'll go there like they have so effectively use the graphics technology to do like soft focus like uh you know depth of field all that kind of stuff so like you'll ride up a hill and it will look like you would look if you were like riding a horse up a hill in real life where like you know it has that actual depth like it's not just flat distance it renders it in a way that's both you know probably easier for processing and also looks fucking amazing and like the, you know every area has its own color scheme in my yeah but yeah i mean i there was a point where i rode up to a hill and i saw this i'm not gonna say what it is but i saw this giant thing walking in the distance and oh, immediately yeah. got shot by a big fucking arrow i was like this is that's honoring for you baby yeah yeah i would say worst enemy in the game the archers and Siofra River Riverwell are outrageous and unfair, but uh, that's my biggest complaint so far. I'm sure when I beat the game, I'll have some other complaints, but it's like kind of one of those things where, like, you know, every FromSoft game has enemies and aspects that annoy me. I have two complaints, but continue. No, well, this is you know I'm basically done after this, but it's like. Once you do your first, like, big, full, I've seen it all play through, like, I just do everything I can to avoid those parts of the game in the future, and typically I can, so. My two problems. One, allow me to unbind dismounting from my fucking horse to L3. Ah, you just gotta get softer with your thumb. Shut up. No. Allow me to change that. <laughs> please. Please. Uh, two, where's our fucking horse armor from software? Where is my horse armor? I don't care if it does anything. I just want to put cool little things on Torrent. They're not real gripes. Yeah. That's the joke, because I love the game. I got it. But also, like, how dope would it be to have some cool horse armor? Yeah, I like the cleanliness of not having an armored horse. You're so fucking obtuse. Why do I love you so much? So, Elden Ring... It's been an hour and 20 minutes of us talking about Yeah. If you don't like it, fuck you. Yeah. No, also, that's fine. Yeah, whatever. 
I'm sure we do plenty of episodes that whoever's listening to this currently doesn't like. Yeah. Yeah, this is very much my shit, but I can understand why for a lot of people... It's just, it's not necessarily, it's not a relaxing gaming experience most of the time. It's not Animal Crossing or Stardew Valley. Yeah. Well, and it's not even that it's not that. It's just, you know, Mario Galaxy has a difficulty curve uh, that can be really, really, it can be a very hard game, but it's typically... Mario Galaxy? I mean, Odyssey, whatever, same shit. like they're totally different. Okay, but to the point I'm trying to make, they're the same, which is that they have, I think, pretty clear, like, you know what you need to do in some ways. Like, I need to get the star or the moon or the whatever, and I have to creatively problem solve using a very limited set of tools, uh, you know, or a relatively limited set. And, like, they can be very challenging in their own way, but, like, you know, I feel like it's in some ways easier. And Dark Souls is is like that in in some ways, but also got a whole bunch of extra baggage with it too. Like Mario, you're not leveling up. You don't have to worry about a bunch of bullshit. You know, it's just like, can you make your jump? Can you time it right? Can you do your little roll and your little with your cap? Um, And I can understand why people could like that better. So it's fine if you don't like Elden Ring, but you are wrong. Yeah, I'm a almost 35-year-old gamer dad and I don't have as much time to put into the game as a lot of other people, but I'm still loving it the few times that I get to play it. Sure. I could have been at home playing it right now, but mm-hmm. I'm here with your lovely face talking to you lovely people. Mm. Uh, is that it? That's it. All right. We'll see you next time on BDMFT. We never sign off like that. Later, nerds. Later.